five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome to another episode of Holy Half Hour. It is the best podcast on the internet if you like Christian quizzes, games, chat, music, and especially if you like my good friend Kieran. How are you? <laughs> Amen to that. I'm I'm well, Michael. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Kieran. I I've been thinking today and I, I wanted to pose a question to you kieran okay and this is a completely a blind question so apologies if you don't have a good answer <laughs> do you have um any things that just bring you joy but just those kind of those little things you know just like something that might happen every every so often or even every day you know maybe it's maybe it's your first cup of tea in the morning kieran i know you like a tea Maybe it's a certain Certainly. sound or a certain feeling. And uh, I just wanted to ask you if you did, and maybe you could share it. And I'm going to tell you mine, Kieran, while you think. Um, I'm a bald mm. man, uh, Kieran, and ladies and gentlemen, in case you, in case you didn't know. And um, a few years ago, I decided just to, to commit fully to the, bald, the baldness and, and shave my head. And then a few months after that, for the first time, I wet shaved my head. Um, with an actual razor blade oh wow and um and something about the process of of shaving my head properly i have this old-fashioned safety razor that uses an actual single razor blade you know i use a a a fake badger hair brush with shaving soap and i make my head all warm and i don't know kieran just something about it taking it's taking some time for myself taking some time Mm. to pamper oneself i think you know, it's it's important to have to have some some self care time, and uh, yeah, it's just something about that it gives me a lot of joy. I did it last night, which is why I'm thinking about it. And uh, yeah, I just wondered uh, if you have anything anything that just brings you a little bit of joy, Kieran. That's cool, man. Yeah, I think you're right. A bit of self care is a, is a good thing. Well, weirdly, I think the f- the first thing that came to mind when you asked me, you know, what little little moments bring bring you joy, I've actually found. Uh, that in this world of COVID and masks, that mm. putting on a fresh mask is really nice. Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's just something about that that's quite satisfying to get a nice, crisp new mask mm. and and be putting that on. Obviously, I'd prefer not to wear a mask at all. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. But uh, since we still have to, as it stands, yeah. Um, you know, there's something about that that's quite nice. Just remember, Kieran, to, to cut those loops on those fresh masks before you throw them away. You've got to think about the animals. Got to think about the monkeys, the, the monkeys and the and the apes, which are a different thing. As you point, you yeah. reminded me last week. The primates yeah, will not be able want... to praise if they're all caught up in disposable <laughs> face masks. <laughs> exactly, you don't want a gorilla with a face mask loop around its neck. No, I mean, to, to, I imagine that's not going to phase a gorilla too much. But Probably still, not. not very pleasant. No, not a very pleasant thing for it to experience. So, and if you don't know what Kieran's talking about, listen to last week's show, everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people who listen to last week's show probably still have no idea what I'm talking about. Generally, well, we certainly don't. So, uh... <laughs> well, Kieran, we've got lots of good stuff to fit into this week's holy half hour. So, shall we smash through it? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> he made the monkey. Ah. He made the monkey. Ah. 
I know the Lord is the cleverest of all, cause he made the monkey. Okay, Kieran, I'm doing a bit of a redux of a previous quiz again. Um, in mm. whew, maybe the first season, no, it probably was the second season. I went to a lot of effort to make like a really detailed Bible top trump spreadsheet where I got loads of information about all the books of the Bible and, and really, really got nerdy with it. And then I only used it for one episode. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to honor the work that I put in and, and mine it for more information for another quiz. <laughs> nice. So I've got five Bible top trumps questions for you this week. And uh, as always, when it comes to Bible knowledge, ladies and gentlemen, and Kieran, what matters is that you read your Bible. You don't have to memorize all the books and the numbers of chapters and and you don't even necessarily have mm. to know where the stories are in the Bible, you know? I just want to say that up front. We have some fun with it here on the show, but there's never any judgment if Kieran doesn't know it because we know that he sure. reads it, you know? So uh, at home, if you're listening and you, and you don't manage to get these, don't worry, don't worry, it's all good. So uh, <laughs> here we go. Bible Top Trumps revisited. Are you ready for your first question? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Which of the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the Pentateuch, has the fewest chapters, Kieran? Oh, got five to choose from, as you know. Ah, tough one, tough one. I have a feeling it might be Exodus, mm. but I'm not totally sure. But I'm going to go with Exodus. All right, let's take a look. Oh, unlucky! It's going to be a tough quiz. It's actually Leviticus has 27 ah. chapters. Genesis it doesn't has... feel like the shortest one, I have to say. <laughs> no. No, dis no disrespect to the book of Leviticus. <laughs> yeah, but it is. And Genesis has 50, Exodus has 40, Leviticus 27, Numbers 36, and Deuteronomy 34. So mm. Leviticus is just a one. Okay, here is question number two, Kieran. There are five books of the Old Testament, which are considered major prophets. Can you name all five? Bonus points for getting them in order. <laughs> five, five major prophets in the Old Testament. Yep. Hmm. Well. How about this? If you get three out of five, you'll earn yeah. a correct answer and a ding on the bell. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, well... I'm, well, I'm going to say, let me think out loud here, and then I'll see if these are my final answers. Yeah. It's always better when you think out loud, because if you think in your head all the time, it's not a very good podcast. Yeah, well, totally, totally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> top tip, podcasters. Um, Ezekiel, Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Uh, oh, dear. I'm, t I'm blanking here. Mm. Um, well, I mean, you've named four, and if they are, mm -hmm. if they are major yeah. prophets, then you've you've earned your correct answer. So I, you wouldn't necessarily need to give a fifth one. I feel I should at least be able to think of a fifth one. <laughs> uh, just anybody, any name from the Bible will will do. Well, you happen uh, to have named four books which are next to each other, with the exception of the single book which is in the middle of those four. So if you could think uh, of one you're missing. Then maybe who that am would I give missing? you the other major prophet. Maybe. Ezekiel, Daniel, Isaiah. Oh, Hosea. Yeah, Hosea. Okay. You're going to lock in with Isaiah, Jeremiah, 
Daniel, Ezekiel, and Hosea. Yeah, I'll, I'm throwing those at the wall, and I feel at least three will stick. <laughs> well, let's take a look. Three hey. have stuck. Yes, indeed. That is not quite all five, but three have stuck. The major prophets ah. are, in fact, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Yep, Lamentations is deemed as one of the major prophets, and those, that is the order. Is, is that because uh, Jeremiah isn't specifically named in Lamentations, or is he yep, named? Well, why, is, why is it a separate? Okay, is that why it's a separate thing? Yeah, it's just one of the five books of the Major Prophets section. Uh, right, you know, right. Who knows okay. why? Ah, okay, okay. And Hosea is the first of the Minor Prophets, but is the next book after Daniel. So you were correct in that. So good job. All right, but still a win, still a win. I think in my head, I was thinking I had to find name People five names. individual dudes. Mm. Yeah, I think mm. that's where my mind went. But no, fair play, fair play. Sorry, if I didn't make that clear, I apologize. No, no. Well, I'm sure it was. Uh, you know, I'm sure a better, only reason, a better Bible Bible reading guy than me would have got it right. So maybe a maybe a better Bible memorizing guy, but that doesn't mean that they, that they read it enough, Kieran. Um, all right, here's question number three. There are no books in the Old Testament which mention Jesus by name. Every book in the New Testament names Jesus, except one. Can you guess? Which New Testament book does not mention Jesus? Which New Testament book does not mention Jesus? Again, a tough question. This is more like, here's some questions which are really difficult, but if you don't get them, you'll have learned something interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I feel like a, a reasonable guess, because it's tiny and, and, and you know perhaps rather obscure mm. in the wider kind of canon of the New Testament, would be Philemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's super short, yeah, and I uh, I don't remember whether or not it mentions Jesus, but <laughs> I feel like it's a, a safe bet that perhaps it doesn't. So I'm going to go with that. All right, let's take a look and see. Uh, is it something really obvious? Is it it's... like John? <laughs> it's not. It's not Imagine. John, is it? Imagine. If it is, I need to. I need to go. I need to reread. I need to spend more time in the Bible. If I miss that, <laughs> it's not John, but it is Third John. Ah, so okay. you're on exactly uh, well. the right lines, uh, thinking uh-huh, that uh-huh. it might be one of the shorter uh, books of the Bible. In fact, Third John yeah. is very short, even shorter than Philemon. Um, yeah. uh, only 15 verses but no uh, Philemon does mention uh, Jesus five times but uh, right wow okay John not so much so I'm not too disappointed because I would never have got that <laughs> so I don't have the disappointment of coming close to the yeah, right answer yeah. and then it's slipping away I mean where if I were in your position I would be like moral victory because my reasoning was correct you were like, it'll be a short book, <laughs> okay. you know, it'll be one of the lesser read letters. So yeah, yeah. I think you can accept, I think yeah. you can claim moral victory, but not absolute <clears throat> victory. Um, no points, but moral <laughs> victory, but no points. Yeah, okay. Exactly. All right, you can still win though. You've got one question. That's what right I do in every quiz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, well, if the question had been different, I would regard it right. So technically, <laughs> yeah. moral victory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, here's question number four. Which New Testament book do you think has the greatest number of chapters? Which is the longest in terms of chapters? Uh-huh. Well, I, I think it's I think it's Acts. 
because mm-hmm. Acts, Acts is fairly it's a fairly chunky book for as New Testament books go. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. I'm not not super confident, but I'm going to say it's Acts. All right, let's take a look and see. Hey, there we go. Nice work. In fact, there are two books which would have been a correct answer because Matthew and Acts both have 28 chapters. Right. Um, so, good job. All right, Kieran. It all comes down to this. And uh, this is another toughie because there's only one correct answer, which is just mean of me. Mm. But you may get it. And if not, you'll learn something interesting. <laughs> Whilst Matthew and Acts have the largest number of chapters in the New Testament, there is another New Testament book which has more verses than either of them. <laughs> Can you guess which book it is? More verses. I mean, John's pretty wordy. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've, I feel that I'm tempted to say it's John because the John chap, John's chapters are long. I think mm. probably some of the longest in the New Testament, I would imagine. Yeah, so true. since I have nothing better to go with, I'm going to go with John. All right. Let's take a look and see. Ooh, is oh, is it Revelation? So close. It's actually, if you thought Acts was wordy, then what other book by the same author might also be quite wordy? <laughs> Romans. <laughs> no. Is it Romans? Luke. It's not Romans. Uh, let's Luke. go through them all. <laughs> Uh, oh, of course, because, yeah, it's, uh, I'm thinking of Paul now, but Paul yeah. didn't write Acts. No, he's, he's in it. He's just in it a lot. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was, in fact, Luke has 24 chapters, but 1,151 verses. Um, huh. So there you go. Luke has the most, right. in fact, the most verses in the New Testament. Um, but there you go. Hmm. So uh, okay. not quite a win, but on a very tricky quiz, Kieran, I think it's definitely a moral victory. I'll take that. Ooh, unlikely worship songs. Unlikely. Okay, Kieran, it's time for this week's unlikely worship song. I'm very excited to hear what you have come up with this week. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first week with us, as we say every week, so sorry if it's not, unlikely worship songs are uh, worship songs which are unlikely to have been written unless Kieran took the time to delight our ear holes. (laughs) Uh, So it might be uh, a song based on a story in the Bible that you probably wouldn't write about or an experience that Christians have that you wouldn't write about. Or, like last week, it might be, what if monkeys were the top species on the planet and they worshipped God (laughs) instead of us? (laughs) So who knows what we're going to (laughs) get. There's a book. There's a book or a movie in there, Michael. Some sort of uh, yeah. planet of the primates. Mm, Church of the you Apes. Know. Church of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> it was church all along. You, you blew damn it up. dirty ape. <laughs> um. I know. I know that you made this joke last week, but I just mm. wanted to run roll, run with it again because I thought it was funny. Some jokes are evergreen, apes. Kieran. <laughs> Christ, Christian planet of the apes. I feel like that's got legs. <laughs> And if it doesn't, we'll certainly drag it through the mud. <laughs> so this week, let me start, listeners, by saying, by apologizing in advance for this week and saying, please listen to the last week's one, because I was quite pleased with it. 
Um, but you know, you never know. The, the, the listener, the listeners might actually like this one more. Michael, who knows? Wow. Who knows? Probably not um, if you <laughs> if you slag off too much before they've even well, started. <laughs> yeah. Well, true. True. Yeah. But but this week, Michael. Um, this week we're exploring a, a, an issue which I think probably has uh, a lot of worship leaders and singers in church have struggled with. Mm. Um, I don't want to say too much up front, mm-hmm. but this is uh, a couple of weeks ago we had a, a song about bad harmonies in church, mm, that's right, and yeah. uh, this this explores a, perhaps a related related theme, a related idea. Um, but it will become clear as you listen. So have a go and uh, and see what you think. All right, let's take a listen. This is the hot new song from your favorite worship leader. <laughs> the verses that are comfortably low. But what happens when we get to the refrain? <laughs> I think you already know. The chorus is too high. The chorus is too high. The deep above is the highest your song should go you clown <laughs> so I realised I realised after I recorded that Michael that I was quite angry about it angry about this issue <laughs> so this is so I turned into kind of therapy you know on the, on the, on the podcast this is me on the couch one of my one of my gripes about worship songs you clown i love that you clown it's super relatable super relatable when you're choosing mm. songs for mm. for a worship set and you're like this, yeah. this key seems all right better check the bridge better check the chorus better check <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. the, the octave leap the inevitable octave yeah. leap in every worship song these days yeah, exactly. We we only had to change key three times in this one to bring it all within the range of a human being. That's the result. Um, but listeners to the show maybe won't know Michael because mm. I, I tend to deal with the the ridiculous musical portion of this show. Mm. But you are a very good singer, and oh, well, you have yeah. a, you have Thanks. a much better range than me. Um, so I don't know whether you encounter this issue as much as I do. But speaking as a someone who it probably is very much in the baritone range. Mm. Um, I do struggle with the fact that a lot of worship songs are pretty high. Yes. And it's not necessarily that um, they're keyed high on recordings or that sort of thing, because mm. fair play, if artists and bands want to do that on their albums, it's yeah, a totally. good idea if it suits their voice. I, I think the issue is more that uh, there are quite a few worship songs that uh, perhaps rely on an octave leap, mm. which can sometimes be a little bit painful for us less less gifted singers. Or their range is just so wide (laughs) that there's never really a way to comfortably fit all, at least into my range. And there are songs I really, really like that sadly I just can't really lead well because because their range is too Mm. broad. Yeah, um, definitely. Unfortunately. So, So this is not meant to be a sort of angry rant thing. More just a humorous poking fun (laughs) at something that uh, has bothered me in the past. But I think is also perhaps there's a lesson there for for worship songwriters. If you're if you are writing congregationally, then it's good to keep <laughs> things within a, a an achievable range. Not that it has to be within the D above middle C, but I, <laughs> I just I just pick that because that's where that's where I start to struggle personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but your mileage may vary, listeners. <laughs> I think it's great and it's an an important reminder. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Thank you. 
and M Michael too. Okay, Kieran, I'm kind of rotating some of our famous and excellent bits in and out of the podcast at the moment. And I thought this week might be fun to do another uh, kazoo worship hit from the CCLI Top 100. Cool. So what I do, ladies and gentlemen, is I've got a, I've got the, the chart from the CCLI of the Top 100 most popular worship songs being played in church today. And uh, Kieran just has to choose a number between 1 and 100. I'm going to kazoo my little socks off and he's going to say stop when he knows a song. And you're going to see if you can beat him. So... Kieran, what number would you like? Well, Michael, it's the 11th of May as we record this, so how about we go with number 11 if we haven't done it already? We have not done number 11, and let's mm. take a look at what it is. I'm glad one of us is keeping track of that. No surprise to any of our listeners that it would be you and not me. <laughs> well, you know. Oh, man, I think they've changed. Hmm. Kieran, I think oh, have they've they moved? updated... The top one. Oh. Number 11 is now one that we've done before. Ah. What about 12? So, 12 we have not done before. So, here it comes. <laughs> a minute um to yeah to know if I, I i think i think i know what that is yeah you want to um, hazard a guess now or do you want to hear some more i think it's good good father Whee! yay you are i thought so i thought so mm. yes indeed mm. good good father by who did good good father um, i thought it was matt redman i thought house fires was the original Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's credited House, here by uh, Chris Tomlin, but it'd be interesting to know. Okay. To and know. maybe his version's the most popular one, I imagine. Mm, it's uh, mm. it's up there because he's a popular lad, is Chris Tomlin. Yeah, but says. I believe it was uh, it was recorded initially, originally by the uh, by the American group House Fires, who are very good. They have some very good songs because they also did Faithful You Are, which is a great tune. Apparently it was Faithful. written by Chris Tomlin and Pat Barrett. Do we know anything about Pat Barrett? Is he in the group House Fires? Let's have a know. look. Let's have a look and see. Is Pat? Yeah, so Pat Barrett was was the former lead singer and songwriter for the band House Fires. Yeah, So it looks like it was go. a collab. So there you go. Mm, nice. That's cool. That's cool. Very nice. few... Very few, it seems, of of the real best known and loved worship songs are are like solo rights. Mm, like, so, mm. well, actually, maybe that's not true. I just pulled that out of the air. That could be total nonsense. <laughs> it's but I, feels I, I feel, what I feel, Michael, what I feel is <laughs> yeah. that I feel that a lot, lots of you know classic worship songs are co-writes. Yeah. yeah, and if recent years have taught us anything, it's that most of the time feelings are more important than facts. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> The top, 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 top three, three, three. Okay, Kieran, it's time for this week's top three. I have taken three words that are in the New International Version of the Bible, and I have searched for the number of times they appear. You have to rank them from most to least. And this one is a tight one. It might be quite difficult. Not only is it tight, mm. but the words are light, might, and sight. <laughs> okay. So, here are three rhyming words. Light, might, sight. 
how many times do they appear in the Bible? Which one do you think is the most? What do you think, Kieran? What are you thinking? Let me into your brain. Mm, this is difficult. Because I think that light gets a lot of mentions in the New Testament. Mm. And might gets a lot of mentions in the Old Testament. Ah. But what and, about sight, Kieran? <laughs> yeah, well, there are, there are quite a few. Yeah, sight gets mentioned too. Of quite a few uh, folks who are blind or healed mm. of blindness in yep. different parts of Scripture, or they are blinded, like Paul was when mm. he was Saul. Mm-hmm. Um, so tough I idea. don't know. I, I think sight is maybe still the least frequent one, though. Mm. Uh, and I feel that I actually think might might be the top. Might, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Uh, it might not, though. <laughs> uh, well. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to try might, then light, then sight from most to least, but I'm really not sure. Okay. You're happy to lock in then with might, light, sight. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look. What are the sound effects guys saying? <laughs> oh. oh, unlucky, Kieran. This was a toughie. <sighs> You were correct. Sight was the least, but in fact, uh-huh. it was the order in which I gave you them. Light, mm. might, sight. Light the most mm. with 204 mentions, then might with 189, then sight with 150. Oh, okay. So pretty similar numbers. That was, a, that was a toughie this week. Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of the challenging things about this uh, this quiz, Michael, which I very much enjoy every week, I must oh. say. Well, one of the tricky things about it is um, it's hard to... Just think about the one word that you searched and mm. not think about the concept or the other ways in which that, you know, word might come up sl- slightly altered. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's very difficult in my brain, in my thinking brain, to, to <laughs> separate brain those box. things out. In my... <laughs> in in my old grey matter. Yes. In well, the old... Um, Bread basket? Is that thing people <laughs> I think so, yeah. say so. about their heads? Yeah, I think so. Um, well, I think that, you know, one of these days, Kieran, maybe for a special, a special, uh, maybe for a special episode on a, on a birthday or a holiday. Yeah, yeah. You should, uh, you should do a top three for me and see if I totally, totally goose it up. Because um, I, I don't know, I, I make these quizzes each week, and I've kind of become the yeah. de facto quiz master. But I have no idea if hmm. I'd be absolutely terrible if the tables returned. I suspect I probably would be. But uh, yeah, well, interesting. Li- little do you know, Michael. For the last year, I've been working on a top one hundred, which I was going <laughs> to be a three-part special that I'm going to make you do. And it's going to be the only content on the show. Going to make me rank <laughs> three, three words. hour long, three hour long episodes where you try and put hundred words in order. No, just kidding. We're not going to do that, folks. No, definitely Don't worry. not. Well, unlucky Kieran, but you know, on average, I still think you're you're on top of the top threes. Yeah, thanks, man. Date: early twenty first century. Location: Earth. Two human males began a project to catalogue sixty six fun facts, one for each book of the Bible. If they are allowed to proceed uninhibited. Interest in the holy book could increase by over 116%. What are their names? Michael and Kieran. Bring them to me alive.
find you, Michael and Kieran, you and your Bible facts. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for this week's Bible fact. And uh, if you could give a very warm welcome to our resident <laughs> Bible fact, knowledgeable guy about the book of Obadiah, it's Kieran. I remember saying a few weeks ago, Michael, that I really appreciated your little intro, like mm, I was the mm. guest speaker at some yeah. event. Well, and I must I... say, it's quite gratifying. <laughs> it, uh, I'm just trying to big it, you up, it, you g- know. It, it gives me a confidence boost, you know, when uh, I'm speaking about a, a book that I know very little about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear that somewhere in the Bible it says something about using words that are good for building others up. I don't know where. Mm. Uh, but, you somewhere know, in the back. Just trying, to, <laughs> just trying to build you <laughs> up. You <know>? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If only one of us did a podcast that discusses the Bible every week, <laughs> then we might know the answer. Um, Don't worry, I'm sure when we so, get to Ephesians, we'll find out. <laughs> nice. Good save. So th- this week, Michael, we're looking at Obadiah. And Obadiah is a very small book in the Old Testament. It mm-hmm. is not only the small it has the double honor of not not only being the smallest book in the old testament but i believe is the smallest chapter because it is only one chapter Mm -hmm. it's also the smallest chapter in the old testament oh cool uh which is an interesting little piece of information um obadiah concerns a prophecy about edom edom was the nation next to the kingdom of judah basically um when the babylonians came to overthrow and enslave the people of judah take them into captivity. The Edomites helped Babylon do that, essentially. Mm. Uh, They handed their neighbors over. Um, And the book is primarily concerned with God's justice over Edom and the ultimate establishment of of God's kingdom. It sort of, you know, uses this story of Edom betraying God's people to then point to, you know, a a greater, as, as, as... prophecy often does in scripture point to a greater and deeper truth a deeper reality Mm. of god establishing his kingdom and you know uh salvation coming you know god's promises being fulfilled um in that sense Mm. so i think as i read the book i I was struck by and i will say folks i'm I'm no theologian not qualified (laughs) uh to teach in that regard um but I think I was struck by a thread as as I, as I thought about Obadiah in preparation for this. And it was something about God working out his salvation through these stories about brothers that we get in, in Scripture. Mm. And the reason I say that is that the, the Edomites were um, descendants of Esau, Jacob's mm. brother. Um, and listeners, you may be familiar in, in, in Genesis, book of Genesis, Jacob... Um, and Esau were brothers. Jacob stole a blessing from Esau, the older son. Um, as I said, the Edomites were uh, the the descendants of Esau. Um, in Joseph, in, in again in Genesis, uh, Joseph, in his redemption arc, his story, he ends up saving the brothers who betrayed him and mm. sold him into slavery in Egypt. Uh, in the opening chapters of again Genesis, Cain kills Abel. Uh, and God promises justice, but also, interestingly, uh, spares Cain's life. Um, and there's just all these stories, Michael, about brothers. 
and yeah. about how God working this redemption narrative through the relationship between two brothers. And it just really mm. struck me that today that, you know, in the, in Obadiah, we see, you know, slightly out of move because we're talking about the descendants of Esau, not Esau himself. The way that Esau's descendants betray Jacob's descendants, mm. and yet God is working through this as part of a greater narrative to, you know, establish his kingdom and, and draw people to himself, yeah. uh, ultimately through Christ. Um, and, and then it made me think of the prodigal son in, in the New Testament mm. and, and how that's a story of two brothers um, and one brother who wanders away from his father and squanders mm. his father's inheritance, but is uh, repentant and broken and comes back and and, and wants to be... Uh, wants to have the love of his father and to, to be family again. And of course yeah. we know that his father forgives him and takes him in. And so, you know, again, we see that sort of analogy of, you know, we, we have each of us wandered away from the, uh, the God standard for our lives, the way that God mm. would have wanted us to live in perfect mm. unity with him. Uh, we've all wandered and we've all been, those of us who know the Lord have been brought back by his grace and have, you know, accepted his, that salvation through Jesus. Yeah. And so, so just really struck by, as I say, that sort of um, archetype in scripture of mm. two brothers, God working through that relationship and demonstrating his grace and his forgiveness and his justice yeah. uh, all all in, in one kind of arc. That's great, man. That's great. I love that. I think it's, it's super important. And also like, if we think about that macro style, like really blow it up. Brotherhood is the analogy of, of humanity you know god made us all in his image mm. god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them we are meant to all be made in god's image we're all meant to be brothers and sisters you know god is working to reconcile all people to one another you know he wants yeah. peace he wants justice he wants shalom you know that idea of shalom being not only peace but being completeness being unification being things remade made as they should be you know he wants us mm. to be remade to him to be uh to be in relationship with him through jesus but also through jesus he wants to work to 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 unite all peoples you know regardless of of gender, of sexuality, of race, of religion, of, of anything. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. working to completeness. So I think that's really important that you bring up that idea of uh, God reconciling brothers to one another throughout the Bible because it's 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 the larger narrative of, of all people being reconciled to one another through Christ, uh, which is, is what we want. So, you know, that's really encouraging. If, if we were listening to this or you and I, Kieran, as we think, you know, if there are people in our lives that were, that there's unreconciled things with that God desires us to be reconciled to one another, you know, and mm. he makes a way and he's looking to make a way. And if you're not sure of a way, then, you know, give it to God in prayer. Um, and if you have relationships in your life that feel unreconciled or unreconcilable, then come to God because that's the business he's in as we can see from from this Obadiah and from from others so that's that's really good good fact today thank you
Absolutely, man. And yeah, I love what you're saying about that big picture. And, and I think also about how God loves family. And I don't just mean biological family there, mm. per se. I mean, you know, uh, the, the family of believers and how God is bringing people of all races, genders, sexualities, whoever, into that family, mm. you know, and that's such a beautiful thing. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful encouragement. So yeah. Amen. Thanks Thank for bringing it. Mm. Likewise. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have squeezed just about as much excellent, top quality, premium Christian entertainment as we possibly can into this week's Holy Half Hour. So we are going to leave you with your ears as intact as they can be, despite the extreme joy that you've just experienced. Is that too effusive of our own of our own podcast gear? No, man, that's good. I, I think I think this week's podcast capsule is so full that we can barely close the lid. Um, absolutely absolutely yeah um i hope you know ladies and gentlemen that i say all those things very tongue-in-cheek we're doing our best here we hope you enjoy what we do but we know that we we've still got some improving to do don't worry um but if you'd like to stay in touch with us um then you can follow us on social media at holy half hour we post on instagram and facebook uh you can also get in touch with us there but thank you for listening um kieran thank you for joining me today Likewise, Michael. Thank you, my friend. And uh, hey, I look forward to our next adventure. Oh, yes. Until then, goodbye. Bye-bye. Production value is not as good as last week's one. Well, I mean, you probably noticed. <laughs> you must have spent a lot of time wrangling all those monkeys into the studio for last week. You didn't leave well, yourself with much time to that, record that one. Uh, that did take a lot of time, you know. <laughs> uh, and you know, there was a lot of there was the cleanup afterwards was horrendous. Oh, I can imagine. So that really, and you know, the studio fee. Then you know, I had to, I had to basically, I was there all afternoon, and it cost me a lot of money. Mm. Um, so you well, know, tax, to tax deductible sawdust, so. sawdust that day, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, it's tax deductible. (laughs) (laughs) All right, clapping.